Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Tom Studer. In the studio today, Travis Waldstein of AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning in Council Bluffs. Thanks for coming on back in, sir. And uh, things have warmed up, and I'm guessing you've been out doing all kinds of air conditioning calls, right? Yeah, you know, something about people hot and sweaty, it's just not a good not a good mix. Not too many people are in a good mood when you stop out to no. <laughs> need to work on their air conditioning. You know, I went to my uh, chamber meeting I go to with the Council's Business Connection there this morning, and... Uh, got one friend, customer, it's in there, and, you know, her husband was text me at 10.30 last night, and we got an appointment set up today, and she goes, it was hot, we need to fix this problem now. <laughs> uh, let's see, was her name Jessa? That sounds like that sounds uh, like no, Jessa. <laughs> no, we put hers in last year. We, we, we put hers in last year. It was two years ago. Eh, probably a year and a half ago now we did, we did Jessa, so she should be sitting pretty good, so... Well, and she was uh, actually, as a guest, you guys had done a podcast together, and on the last episode, so if you haven't heard it, go back one episode and listen, and you can hear uh, Jessa Erickson of uh, ThinkSpace IT uh, visiting with Travis. It was a great uh, thing you guys did. Yeah, it was, and actually, I had to. My uh, original Spotify account got hacked, I don't know how, but uh, got got hacked, so I had to re-enter my email and stuff, so this morning, I did post uh, the second part to, to my Facebook. <laughs> So, you, you know, so hacking does happen to the best of us. So I, why would anyone want your Spotify account? I can't figure out the benefit to that. I don't know. They must like my, my Waylon and my, uh, Merle and my Hank, you know, my Hank Jr. And all my eighties rock, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's my music. There's a lot of value in that. Yeah. You know, I, this new stuff. I mean, I watch, uh, the bass singer with my wife every Thursday night cause she loves that show. The only person I ever got right on that show. Larry the Cable Guy, and it was a joke <laughs> when I said it. <laughs> He's a Nebraska fan, by the way. Yeah, he is a Nebraska fan. Don't worry. I I, 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 I hammer him on Twitter once in a while, so, <laughs> and sometimes he'll respond. So. so you brought a guest into the studio again today. Yes. You know, talking about speaking out to a young generation, well, I just happen to have one that, you know, lived in the Wallstein household for 18 years and three months before he decided to go be a Marine. Um, by the name of Hunter Wallstein. How you doing today, Hunter? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm back home, obviously, for a few days, so I can't complain too much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with kind of talking to the young generation, because uh, last time I was in here, we had some of my guys that have been out of school for a couple of years. Um, you know, Hunter can now speak to, you know, he's a recent graduate last year of, of Lewis Central. Um, obviously he had the benefit or disbenefit, depending on the day of the week of it being my son and working for him. But I think he can talk pretty well as far as, uh, you know, some of the discussions as far as, you know, different stuff he did with high school and discussions he had with trades and, you know, kind of what he looked at. Now he decided to go, um, a different route, which I'll let him tell what he's doing, which is actually pretty exciting. But, uh, you know, it's, it, his is technically a skilled trade, but it's not one that you're going to necessarily think of. So what are you doing now anyway? Uh, so I am in the Marine Corps, obviously. I, I am a Marine air traffic controller. So I work up in the tower in Yuma, Arizona on the Marine Air Station there. I start training on position actually right after I get back after this leave block. I went to school in Pensacola, spent five months there. Uh, that was after boot camp, obviously. I would call air traffic control in itself a trade, not necessarily in like 
the sense of it being blue collar, but as it is the most necessary job in the, I would say, aircraft community. What you don't realize is planes, pilots are stupid. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks pilots, they're sure, they've got a college degree. Pilots are stupid. <laughs> Their common sense is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh, well, and here's what I'm thinking is that working for your dad and you probably learned how to operate inside of a high-stress environment. Uh, so the, going to the tower for uh, air traffic control, I don't know of anything that's higher stress than that. Uh, not many jobs. It's considered the most stressful job in the military besides maybe being uh, on a submarine, and I would never do that personally. The, that, that or being in a foxhole get, or in a, you know, being a tunnel I get shot at, that's wrapped there with a little bit of high stress too, but, you know, that's... That's a totally different animal for different days. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about what it was like because uh, having a having a part time job, I'm assuming it was part time. Or how much did you work in back in high school? Ooh, that's a loaded question. It, it depends. You know, during football and wrestling season, uh, not a lot. You know, probably his first. You know, he did projects for me at home, but his probably his first big experiences in 2020 when COVID hit and they shut down school, and I let him sit at home and eat ho-hos and ding-dongs and play video games for about three weeks. Oh, sure, three weeks. It was try three days. Okay, well. <laughs> that put me on an installed truck after about three days. Yeah, and, and then we went by a duck cleaning truck, and I said, okay, you got nothing better to do. We need to we need to get this thing functioning and running. And uh, three years later, pretty much we're using the setup that he came up with uh, for our duct cleaning setup, and we're using it pretty much every day. So that was kind of your baby, wasn't it? Yeah, that that definitely was. It, he bankrolled that it. it was my it was my it was my brainchild. Uh, so the truck that he wanted to buy originally was a he originally wanted to do a van. Uh, that wasn't very good. It was, <laughs> it was one of those big, big body Ram, the utility haulers. I, I would never own a Dodge. Yeah, That's wrapped there with one of a Ford. I just you were it. talking about it, so don't. Okay, but uh, <laughs> we uh, we settled on a box truck that he actually took back from Chicago, and that's been the best fit we've had. It took about a week to set up. Me and one of my other high school buddies, uh, Nate Fields, who does chemicals over in Omaha now, we worked together setting that up. And obviously he's talked about uh, the duct cleaning process before. But a lot of getting it off the ground, it was a lot of trial and error with it. It It was stressful to do, obviously, because he had invested so much time and energy into doing it. And getting out there, we, it was a lot of, um, there, there was a lot of mishaps to start, I would say. Uh, we started off doing our own house just to see how the system works because I had to learn how to use it before anyone else could learn how to use it. It's not like he had any idea. <laughs> <laughs> Call the old man out. I see how this works. So. Um, but once we got it off the ground, uh, we got it incorporated into the business, obviously, uh, really well. And uh, before all this had happened, he was getting three-plus calls a week for duck cleanings. And it was, it was obviously that we were missing out on the financial opportunity of it. But it was, it was definitely a, it, it was a worthwhile investment, at least in my opinion. And I would almost be attuned to say we could advance on it. There has been some improvements that I've seen 
I still have a lot of information on my phone, even though I'm out of it. But if I was, it, it was. Well, like I said, it was your brainchild. You pretty much set it up. It said, hey, let's go out and demo this thing. We had a few customers we went and demoed it with and said, hey, we're not going to charge you. Heaven forbid we screw something up. But, you know, you have to learn. And, you know, once we got in and they learned to understand the system, it's like, okay, you know, here we go. And it's like anything else, trial and error. You find out what in the real world what works well, what doesn't work well. But that was all part of their process, you know. So, you know, and these are a bunch of teenagers, you know, who were told they had to stay home because of COVID, you know, besides the fact that, you know, they weren't supposed to be doing any summer workouts or anything else because, you know, you might get COVID, but they're, you know, taking ladders and go over the fence at 6 a.m. in the morning to do football workouts, you know, and getting done before seven o'clock and climbing back over the fence. And, uh, uh, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, I, you know, I, I didn't see it. I just heard stories about it, you, you, you know, so, uh. So, but yeah, that was your first experience. So, I mean, really, it, he he he'd ride along some. Um, he did. I did send him down to Ultimate Tech Academy, uh, but you were busy enough with with football and wrestling. He really didn't have a whole lot of time to really go out and run service for me like his older brother did. The schedules were just different. You'd think they're the same sports, but things had evolved. But you've been involved a lot with scrap and metal. Definitely. Scrap was where I really started. Hayden, uh, my older brother, had been doing it since the time I was five. And we, I would go out there and help him with my little hand tools since I had been five, unscrewing it with a quarter-inch nut driver and cutting up and getting my little 10, 15 bucks of scrap. And uh, I had been doing that. And when he left when I was, I want to say, 11, when he left for the Marine Corps, when I was 12 or 13, it really took off, and it became my responsibility to deal with it. And it expanded. Obviously, business grows, and the quantity grows. So I was doing scrap hauls every other every three days. I'd be taking multiple-ton trailers home to go cut up or take it to the scrapyard and deal with. And I think that was the best thing that ever happened to me mentality wise because it's the middle of august and you have to go to football for five hours till noon 7 a.m to noon and then you got to go home well you can't just sit around you got stuff to do you got to go cut up copper coils can't really stop and take a breath about it you just got to keep going well I i think something like that though is there's a direct correlation between how hard you work versus how much money you're bringing in it's a great lesson you know, I remember when I was, well, I was probably about your age, and um, I brought, my dad brought home some uh, electrical cables and stuff for a medical clinic, and they're like really high-end material in there, and he told my brother and I that, uh, okay, you strip the casing off of that, you can take it up and, and trade that in, and he just gave it to us to do. So we worked on it for a while and got all it all stripped and took it up there, and we came home with several hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. And... And after Dad found out, yeah, I didn't know it was that much, and you never gave us any more. <laughs> usually, yeah, that, it, it really is. You know, him and his brother both. You know, um, you know, they paid for their own stuff. You know, vehicles. Uh, his older brother bought a tractor and a baler one year, which you know he learned a great lesson. But he paid for you know, all, you know his his truck, and then you know his toys, and you know that they, they both learned actually what they do is they made that money. And they put it away. They, so they've 
actually started, you know, not only making it, but, you know, they weren't out buying ho-hos and ding-dongs, although you did like the uh, place in the mall uh, uh, before they moved to Omaha. Oh, the Euro place? Yeah, I, you... I still go out to 40 seconds. Instant balls? I yeah. still go out to 40 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like number one customer. <laughs> Look at him. But, uh, no, I mean, you look, but they were able to put some money away. And, you know, it was working hard. Listen, if you're, if you're cutting up ACs and coils, you're talking for, there's, you know, hopefully the refrigerant's gone if my installers are doing their job right. But you're dealing with copper, you're dealing with oil, you're dealing with sheet metal. It's not the cleanest job in the world by any stretch of imagination. If you're wearing a brand new pair of jeans and a nice new white shirt, it's not going to be nice once all said and done. But uh, I mean, you know, he could go do scrap and you know make five hundred to a thousand bucks on a Thursday, you know, by hauling scrap to town, you know, and he, or he could go work at Bombgars and maybe make fifty to a hundred bucks. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, uh, you know, where that's at. It and that's someone who likes to do you know hands-on stuff too. You know, that's something where you ain't got to be sitting there keyboarding or doing whatever all day. You know, you've talked many times on this podcast, Travis, about uh, the benefit for younger people getting involved in just learning about the trades or everything that goes along with that. The Another example that I'm seeing as a benefit is what you're talking about is the financial end of it. Not just what you can make, but how work translates to money. Mm-hmm. And with this type of thing, there's no better way to teach that lesson because too often we as parents forget because it... it I wasn't taught anything about finances when I was uh, going through school. And when you can have that experience early, then you hit the ground running when you get out and you're out on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's be frank, you're probably you're probably make more money scrap than you did you do is it E two or E three in the Marine Corps at this? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, it is for love of his country that you know it's like. <laughs> Which that's a great thing. I I mean I I you know I I'm ex Navy. He's Marine. His brother's a Marine too. I applaud for that. But you know, you go to serve your country as an enlisted person, fresh coming out. It's great. The government does a lot of stuff for you, but you know you're also paid accordingly to 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 that as well. So, uh, um, but there's benefits to that as well. So. We'll talk about, you know, talking to, let's say, um, the, the 2023 class or the 2024 class. You graduated last year. You know, this is kind of who we're trying. This is one of the groups I want to try to reach out to and say, hey, I, the what I saw, and I've talked about this a little bit on the show before, when your older brother Hayden went through high school, you didn't hear any talk of the trades. It was pretty much four-year degree or bust. And your brother obviously... You know, Hayden did not go by that. Harley did, but that's a totally different situation. We both know that, and, and good for him. But now, you know, your situation, you know, I remember your senior uh, deal for uh, wrestling bank with it. Everybody that was in that class or most of your senior wrestling teammates were talking about uh, trade school, you know, or doing something outside with your hands and not necessarily going traditional college route. So, what kind, what did what did you see when you were in school? And now that you're being out, obviously you went to your traffic control route, but what would you tell the younger generation that's maybe looking to say, hey, what's out there? What 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 would you what's your evaluation? What would you say to them? So my experience in high school, obviously, I still stand by the fact I think every high school counselor in this country will tell you that if you're not a four year degree uh, student, that you are a failure. But I, I hate that sentiment. 
because obviously I know multiple people that have ha- have their own landscaping companies now. Uh, he actually graduates this year, Peyton Ludington. He's going to go play football, but uh, he owns a landscaping company. I know a few people uh, that graduated with me that are general contractors, plumbers, framers, electricians, uh, a couple of uh, people above me, they're just getting their journeymen's. I know a lot of diesel mechanics. uh, So I would say the sentiment is growing, (coughs) but it's also being, I, I think that the community is forcing it more because it's less, I think they're less, I want to say the example, there are more examples of success that people are seeing when it comes to the trades. So it's not, oh, I want to go work on Wall Street with a suit and a tie. I want to go get my hands dirty and come home and enjoy myself. Because I, I don't think everyone's obviously built to do hard labor, but I don't think everyone's built to sit in an office. No, you, you spend enough time sitting down looking at a computer, your body's going to be in a whole lot worse shape than it is going out in, in doing, as you said, working with your hands. And also, right now, at least, in society, I think there's probably more opportunities yeah. available on the blue-collar side. as opposed, You hear all the time about people graduating from college with a four-year degree or a six-year degree and unable to find work, especially in the field that they thought that they wanted to work in because there's just not as many opportunities there right now. And what I would say to those 20, uh, those 20, like 23, 24 graduates is I would say, look, not, don't necessarily look at the best success, but don't also, don't look up to anyone, but don't look down on anyone either. And I mean that in the sense of Pay attention to everything because I, I don't want if you just hate working outside, if you hate it, don't be the guy to force it and ruin it for somebody else. Because I've seen that happen where someone who doesn't want to do it does it because they think they're going to make so much money. They hate it. But also don't say no to it either because I know I, I know several people who just bought brand new 2022 pickups and they graduated three years ago. So obviously there are benefits, but you're also going to work for it. So you have to know, but there's also room to grow. I think it's important just to learn, find out about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and, and, you know, Travis either talk to you or there's other companies in town. Just learn about what uh, opportunities are there and give it a shot. Information is never a bad thing. Go talk to people. Actually, I've got uh, someone's coming to my office tomorrow. I was talking to one of my installers uh, down in Glenwood last night. Graduated early. He's looking to one. He's got family in the trades, and he wants to get in HVAC. And so, you know, I'm I'm meeting with him tomorrow. So, I, I think that's interesting. With going back to what you said though about how you're fine about it. You might be hearing a little bit from the career counselors, but I think you had the career fair days. But I, th- it sounds like to me that the the local business community or people are out there reaching out and maybe filling that gap that maybe the counselors aren't. Is 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 that a is that a fair assumption? I would say that is definitely more of a factor, being that I I I find that I find the way that the school counselors approach the trades atrocious and honestly uh, they do a disservice to the community by pushing away from it because you're pushing people to move away and you're sucking out of the community by pushing everyone away to go to college and honestly that's partially the reason 
why people are getting paid so much to go to the trades because, oh, if I can go get a four-year degree in business and do nothing with it, well, that's one more job opportunity lost for your local HVAC, plumber, electrician, framer, steam fitter, whatever. Air traffic controller. Well, well, <laughs> well that one, they, they just don't come walking out the street. Air traffic controllers don't. Well, uh, and I think that if businesses need to not necessarily force their hand, but make themselves more known and more involved to draw back that line of, well, you can do, sure, you can do that, but here's another option that you don't have to necessarily spend money. You can join an apprenticeship program and get paid to learn and grow exponentially farther than a lot of degrees will ever take you. I'm going to give you an opportunity here, and I'll probably either be really happy or something, I'll be really in trouble. I don't want you to talk about me. I want you to talk about your mom for a little bit and talk about her influence as far as you know, going through high school, doing some stuff. Because, I mean, she let kind of let you guys, I want to say run rough shop, but, you know, obviously, you know, you, you were involved with what I did, but your mom had an influence on you too. Talk about talk about that influence a little bit. So I, I like the – so I, I did not have a preference either way. I thought I would do well if I got a degree, uh, which my, my mom obviously has a nursing degree – and I actually thought about healthcare for a little while, but I decided that I really did not want to do that with, and that was my choice, obviously. But I think uh, she definitely had a big impact forcing chores and everything, increasing work ethic. While she says we never do anything for her, but uh, she, there's a guard we won't talk about, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, while uh, I think there's definitely an impact that she had, and I think that she definitely pushed, I don't think she was happy about me joining the Marine Corps, but she supported it, and I think that's a big thing that people need is obviously a good support system. And I think that's what's pushed us three kids to do as well as we've had, is we've had an amazing support system. And I don't think anyone would ever question your mom's work ethic. When you're an ICU nurse and, and you're dealing with meds and you're turning 300-pound people and you're having to deal with the physical and mental part of it, and you're doing that for 12 hours a day, so two, three days a week, that's a tough, that, that's a tough job for anybody. Uh, I, I mean, and... You know, that's part of the work ethic that I think that all three of my boys, you know, get from mom. And I, I, like I said, you know, I think sometimes I will, I will say, you know, listen, you know, she definitely a poor part of that. Not that I don't work hard, don't get me wrong, but I'd be the first to tell you that, yeah, she probably works harder than what I do just because of the style job. My, at my, this point, my, mine used to be a lot more physical. Now mine's a lot more mental. But her job is physical, and then you have the mental side on top of that. And, you know, we used to joke we had two Red Dragons, you know, going through school. We had Jim Duggan, the high school football coach. She was Red Dragon, and Mom was Red Dragon, too. Yeah, yeah, You know, so as far as getting yelled at for the Marine Corps, I don't think between them two either one bothered you after that, did they? No, I. it, it was hard. It was hard not to laugh because, wow. My my mom did have a workout. She also had the red dragon side. So every – I don't want to dog on her a little bit, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> every week since I've been probably five years old, 
6 o'clock on a Saturday, 11 o'clock on a Friday night whenever she gets home from work. It's screaming down the steps. Connor, get <laughs> up here. And it, it oh, looks like you're doing chores. And it's like, well, I mean, then you get to the Marine Corps and they're sitting there screaming in your face. And it's like, you you don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. But but you know what I I mean. But that's there. You know she it it was time to get the job done. It's time to get the job done. And she definitely, you know, instilled to that. And you know, pro they probably have a little bit more. Uh, you know, I she's got a little bit better of a filter because I've got like no filter. So yeah 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 you sure. know which we all know that so. Sure, we'll, we'll save the. She has a filter, and you you don't have a filter. We'll just leave it. <laughs> we'll leave it. <laughs> but I think this is a. It's an inspiring story. I think that what the trades can do, and this is a direct example of um, your own son uh, benefiting from it. So there's no bigger reason, and I'm starting to understand where your passion from it comes from. That. You could you've seen firsthand just how much of a benefit this can be, and it can just translate on to uh, other people's kids as well. You know, I I know what's done for me. You know, my uncle Rick, who lives down in Texas, he was the one that got me into this trade. I think I got asked that a couple of weeks ago. You know, my family farmed, my grandpa farmed, my dad farmed, my dad drove truck. You know, let's say we grew up in a blue collar home. You know, when when I was growing up in Spencer, Iowa. I, you know, could I went to school, you know, the running joke was, you know, like I said, you know, I'd probably go to Iowa last, Iowa's last chance college or jail, you know, so that's what Jay Gould, my high school counselor, told me, yeah, thanks, Jay, appreciate that, so <laughs> yeah, no grudge at all, but I've seen what getting, you know, going to the military, what it did for me, getting into the trades, what it did for me, is it an easy path? No, but you know what, nothing in life, if you want it, is easy, you know, and if you want the easy road... <laughs> You know, it's not there. You might get lucky, you know, but anybody that's done a job for any time, you know, has to work hard. And, you know, I've seen firsthand with, you know, all three of my boys, you know, Har you know, his twin brother or his older brother, Harley, you know, IT kid, works for Amazon Seattle, book smart, you know, I mean, and I say book smart, you know, I couldn't pass algebra one and he's got a math and computer science major. So he definitely didn't get that, them traits from dad. Hayden's working for me. Um, you know, he's actually, uh, he's taking a test today, which I'm pretty excited about. And then take a look at Hunter, you know, he's been, you know, he's been in the Marines for basically a year. Uh, he's back for prom for his, uh, girlfriend tonight or, or this weekend. And then, uh, you know, but he's got something he can always fall back on, but he's like, you know, in five years, if I don't like this, I could always come back and get involved in the family business too, you, you know. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be family. As we've had, I've had other guys here that aren't family that are young that are involved with the business. So I think you have to kind of decide what you want to do and then take a chance at it. And here's the deal. You know, when you're 50 years old, and hopefully you figure it out, but if you're in that 16 to 23-year-old, there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. You better to try it and find out if you like it or you don't like it versus invest a lifetime worth of money in 10 years versus student loan debt without figuring it out. And, you know, like I said, I've got three kids who, you know, they're doing well for themselves. You know, Hayden never went to college. Harley, Harley had a scholarship and, you know, and Hunter's in the military. And I told them all three, I said, listen, your dad ain't paying for college. He said, you better figure it out. And it sounds old school, you know, but that's how my parents were. And, uh, you know, I think they appreciate a lot more when they have to work their tails off for it. And, you know, 
Well, I said, my kids, and I might be a lot of things, but we're not afraid to work. I mean, that's just part of who we are and and what we do. And I, I think the Marines have shown that, too, because he was original. You were supposed to be, what, a, a drone operator, right? Well, uh, yeah. The, 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 Mar- the Marine Corps had higher aspirations for him than being a drone operator. So, Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the highest attrition rate schoolhouse in the military, but... Eh. It is what it is. It it definitely shows who uh, works harder, uh, what they did before. Because even in the classroom at, there at the schoolhouse, you can see people who wanted to be there and who didn't want to be there and who had the work for it. A lot of people did not have the work for it, and they ultimately failed. And now, unfortunately, they're probably supply and hating their life. <laughs> And not sit in a 68-degree air-conditioned space and not having to deal with after hours or, du- you know, duty or anything like that. He works and goes home. It's a pretty good situation, so. Well, Hunter, I'm sure you hear it a lot, and, and, and you're going to continue to hear it a lot, that thanks for what you're doing. Uh, we really do appreciate that because uh, everything that we have here back at home doesn't exist without you and the guys like you that are out there doing that. So we uh, we thank you for that and your willingness to go out there and do that. And also I thank you for your willingness to come in and sit here with your dad and uh, uh, talk about this. I think it's uh, it's phenomenal. Well, it was definitely my uh, my pleasure. It's obviously a great time. I listen to the podcast every week. So. <laughs> and he hasn't been to Columbia either. So, yeah. oh, so he's not the Colombian one. Yeah, eventually <laughs> Travis is going to be in a split screen somewhere and they're going to be asking him, all right, what are, Homeland Security is going to be questioning about that download from Columbia. L- listen, if they put me on a split screen, you better get a 48-inch TV because I'm kind of a wide body. So. <laughs> <laughs> Travis and Hunter Waldstein of AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning in uh, Council Bluffs joining us today on Circle of Trades. We thank you for listening to this episode. New episode out next week. Until then, take care. <laughs>